so many interesting, horrifying, or downright weird things in this big world of ours. Each week, we'll bring you a new true crime story that has little to no coverage in English. Let us do the translations, so you don't have to. So I will be starting us off on this podcast journey and setting the scene for all the people not from this neck of the woods. Ma, or the Oland Islands, is an autonomous region in Finland located to the southwest of Finland next to Turku and northeast of Stockholm, Sweden. According to Wikipedia, it's comprised of approximately 6,700 islands. Did you know that, Petra? Well, not the number, but I knew it's it's a great archipelago. Is it that many? It says like approximately. Nobody so can okay, count. But I thought it's like 10. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, well, okay. It is a Swedish-speaking majority. So for all those people not from Finland, uh, the the languages here in Finland are either going to be mostly Swedish and Finnish, and of course it's going to be a lot of these Swedish-speaking majorities on the western coast because, of course, it's closer to Sweden. It just makes geographically more sense and whatnot. Um, the islands are picturesque as fuck. Imagine wooden houses galore perched on rocks next to the sea. It's nice forests and whatnot. Wikipedia also says and that the the amount of people per square kilometer is about 8.67 or something like that, or like a little bit more than 8, but less than 9 people per square kilometer. So it's not that populated and lots of islands to get up to some nefarious deeds. So have you been there? I have never been there. I've wanted to. Can you tell us more about it? Have no, <laughs> ah, I haven't. <laughs> But it sounds. Me neither. I don't know if I want to go after this particular case or not, because I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is still difficult to find an actual crime rate of the Oland Islands, and most of the time, it's kind of as I expected when I was trying to research this. That okay, it's going to be very low crime rate, and as of 2020, the last homicide investigation was over like 10 years ago, so it's quite minimal crime. And there was also a case of attempted homicide uh, years prior, so relatively low in crime. Yeah, so it was quite shocking that I found this beauty of a murder, and beauty I mean not so beautiful and kind of gross and grisly. So according to the police press conference on January 8th, 2021, with the lead investigator Tommy Thornrus. And okay, so I might mess up these names just a little bit because I don't know whether to do the Swedish pronunciation or the Finnish pronunciation of some things because once again, there's different dialects and whatever. So I might say Thornrus or whatever. I might roll some R's or not. Yeah, so on January 8th, 2021, the lead investigator Tommy Thornrus and the county prosecutor Hendrik Lindemann a 45-year-old person called the alarm center, or I guess the equivalent would be dispatch center, on the evening of 26th of December 2020. 
this would be Thopaninpaeva in Finnish or Boxing Day to the English-speaking world. And this person's house was on fire. This person managed to escape from their home and some reports say was able to take their clothes off or extinguish the burning clothes in the snow. But whatever it was, they and en- they ended up managing like to actually like get the flames off of them by extinguishing them themselves. So uh, they managed to seek help from their neighbors uh, who were living about 250 meters away or approximately 800 feet. The neighbors claimed that they heard some commotion, heard cries for help. When the victim arrived at their door, they were practically naked, except for their underwear. The victim was burnt all over, including their hair. And the victim complained of thirst, and the neighbors gave them a glass of water with a straw. And the neighbors also called 112, or the local 911. And they were instructed to put wet cloth on the victim's skin to help with the burning, like, with the damage and stuff on the skin. So, I don't know about you guys. (laughs) But I think this would be like one of the worst deaths I can <laughs> I can think about. Like on the spectrum, it's kind of like drowning is on one that I would hate to <laughs> die that way or also burning alive. It sounds like both of these would take a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like you know it's happening and you have like many, many minutes or even like I think five seconds would even be too long to actually think like, fuck, I'm going to die. So, But fortunately, I've heard that people who often die in the fires they actually first they get pass out from them. yeah they pass out from the smoke so they didn't really feel themselves burning which is kind of if i ever die of in a burning yeah, house like i hope that happens to yeah. me yeah but then this this person like they had time enough to extinguish themselves and then run also if you manage to go outside but you don't yeah. really find a way to extinguish yourself then I don't think you would pass out from smoke inhalation. Yeah, yeah. Like burning outside is probably painful. Yeah, yeah. so number one, yeah. first yeah. way to die, burning outside. Yeah. Open air, burning. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, so I can't really imagine what this person was going through. And it was later determined that about 90% of their body was burnt. So that's pretty excessive. Ouch. And um, yeah. And it said, like, this person died from complications, but I don't know, as you said, smoke inhalation, I even put that in my notes, that, okay, smoke inhalation is the more common way that someone would die in a fire. Uh, But who knows, it could have been all the amount of bodily damage that this person had that they died from, so... Did you find any statistics? Like, I think there is some information, like, how much of your skin can be burned before it it just becomes impossible to... Heal or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Need it to live. Yeah, I mean it's the largest organ in the body, so it's the barrier. You can't really. I mean, most even if you get a road rash or something from a motorcycle accident, you need to get a skin graft from somewhere. Usually, your own body. So if you don't have, if you only have ten percent, I don't know if you can really regrow or. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I'm not a trauma. Uh, doctor or anything so I don't really know any of this details or information but if anybody knows let us know if they know this statistic or we can get to it next week <laughs> if I have some cool tip I can I I found a nice article or something scholar, on Google Scholar or whatever but yeah 
So this uh, victim was then taken by helicopter to the Oland Central Hospital uh, to be treated for their injuries. And luckily they were able to answer questions from authorities before succumbing to their injuries in the morning of December 27th, about four hours after arriving at the hospital. I kind of intentionally left this one gender neutral up until this point. I don't know if you've caught that because I've just been saying victim and they and whatnot. Because a lot of these true crime podcasts that we probably all listen to, <laughs> they cover cases where the victims are mostly female, right? Especially in these high profile arson cases and the perpetrators most likely male, like for instance, this John Leonard Orr, you know, the guy who is set almost 2,000 fires in the States over like a 20 or over a 30 year period. Yeah. And yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So I kind of left this. So what do you guys think? What, who do you think the, the victim is? Did I like ruin it by, do you think it's going to be a weird case where the perpetrator is a female or do you think it's going to be a case where it's going to be the male as the perpetrator? <laughs> it's kind of a game. Hmm. Somehow I imagine that the victim is a man, but but I don't know why. Yeah. Why? So now now I'm thinking because didn't, didn't you say because I left it gender <laughs> neutral? Oh no. <laughs> well, this is of course a stereotype, but I thought this because yeah. men are often physically more strong, that for yeah. a man it would be more probable to be able to jump out of the burning house and then run to the next. But this is just a random stereotype I have. But then women have like more tolerance for pain, right? Could but I don't know more? about burning yeah. pain. Like, yeah, I don't know. Does it make difference there? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I would guess male too. But I would also mm. guess that the 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 criminal here is also male. So it's a male male case. Oh shit! Yeah. What do you think? You would probably guess the same. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what listeners would think, like before actually me going to the next part. Okay, so I was I was curious, and of course I went searching for some scholarly articles about the psychology behind arson, and if there was a like comorbidity between genders and arson, or maybe I just missed the days of researching in Google Scholar. So uh, I found an article by Andren et al. from 2023. That was based on Swedish data called Gender and Arson, Psychosocial, Psychological, and Somatic Offender Characteristics at the Time of the Crime. So Swedish crime statistics from 2017 to 2021 show that women accounted for 19 to 26% of arson convictions. So this is from the Crime Prevention Council of 2022. But I suggest that anyone is interested in mental state of arsonists and some claims of gender and arson, I suggest you read the article because it was quite interesting. The, I don't know, like the who seeks help for like the mental state leading up to the arson. And, and of course, like, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting, but only about uh, 19 to 26 of people who are actually convicted of arson are female. So female yeah yeah so who was the victim so as you probably guessed in my lead up i kind of wanted to throw you guys off and whatever so i went uh 
against the quote-unquote like gender norms for this particular case. And the victim in this case was a 45-year-old male called, I will not say, <laughs> because in Finland we try to uh, protect the, the victim. But I will call, I think, most males because the most common name is John. So I'll just say John. But I'll use the last name because it's, yeah. 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 So John Hellström <laughs> is the name of this person. I had a hard time finding information on him, but I did manage to find that they were born in February in 1975 in Mariehamn, which is the, I guess, the capital of Poland Islands. And information dating back to February 2012 from the new site Nua Oland uh, said he was a restaurateur, bartender, and a sommelier. Um, he had a 16-year-old son from a previous relationship. And when the blurb was written about him, he had a partner who was Emily Ruda. On May 4th, they had a child uh, in, 2020, in 2013. Uh, and yeah, I will not also say her name, even though I have it, but respect. So somewhere between February 2012 and May 2013, Emily and Johan were married, judging from the hyphenated last name of Emily. Uh, so taking you guys back to the night of December 26th, so that was just a little background information on him. So taking you guys back to the night of December 26th, 2020, uh, put yourselves in John's shoes. You're sitting watching some TV, minding your own business, until you hear a couple of crashes, sounds that your window is breaking behind you. As you get up to go investigate the noise and peer through the window, Gasoline gets poured on you, all over you, including your head, and then you're immediately lit on fire. Personally, I can't imagine, <laughs> because what would be going through someone's head? Of course, it's like, oh, is that water? But then you smell the smell in that instant, and you're like, oh shit, that's gasoline. And then whose mind would immediately go that, oh fuck, someone like broke my window, and then gasoline, and then immediately fire, and then like... like okay burglar yeah oh, no should i call the police yeah exactly like yeah and it's on it's on like a night where it's right after christmas right like the location itself what was it eight point something people per per square kilometer and then literally right after christmas everyone's probably like fucking i don't know nursing hangovers or something like that you're fed off of all the christmas dinner shit and whatever and you're just like ah I just want to lay on the couch, watch some horrible TV tonight, and I'll probably go to bed soon, right? Because this was happening also a little past 11 o'clock at night. So it's pretty late, silent night kind of thing, and then you just hear, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so that would be, like, the, the last thing I would be expecting if I was John, right? So as he was aflame... Like I said, he managed to go to the neighbors for help, but in the end, he died four hours later with approximately 90% of his body burned. Luckily, <laughs> before he passed, he was able to relay that what happened between the breaking of the window and being lit on fire. So the police determined that this was not nearly a typical house fire, but dun dun dun, murder. So in the course of the investigation, Police narrowed down the suspect, the suspect pool to three people. 
in the end, the third person, so I was wondering about this and I have some like theories about this later, who this was, because I couldn't really find that much information. So this third person was dropped, but that left two people. And can you guess who one of those people could be to this victim? Like what kind of relationship do yeah. I have with the victim? Well, the wife, or was it? Wife, yeah. Like a girlfriend, wife? Yeah. Like wife? A, some kind okay. of romantic interest or past like outside partners. marriage outside marriage oh romantic oh, interest. Shit. Or you're getting like life. all like like crime novel on us like oh <laughs> who could it be the mistress <laughs> it's the mistress that did it <laughs> but but you mentioned that he had a kid from previous relationship mm -hmm. didn't you so it could be also Am be Elaine red herrings ex? for you guys does that Maybe. have anything to do with it's it? like could it be totally random too yeah oh that it was not even a target yeah. attack you know yeah that i do not believe i mean yeah what are the chances yeah. too many coincidences yeah. but like still a possibility that someone just wanted to light someone else on fire yeah yeah especially this guy? christmas after yeah, christmas yeah. like yeah get rid of all the the i don't know dark spirits let's light a human torch or okay that's horrible i'm sorry but yeah yeah, yeah. okay but I, but i would say it's, it's an intentional murder mm -hmm. by someone who is close to him probably a woman but wait, let's think who else could it be if it's not a romantic interest and not or not. I mean wife or yeah. or the mistress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the ex-wife. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think the ex was married to Okay, ex partner. partner. Yes, yeah. yeah. Gender neutral or something term partner. Yeah. Let's not go but I if 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 he had a wife, I'm just guessing he was a straight guy, but so or I... was he? I don't know. I, I couldn't find that much information, okay? I, I, I was working with what I have. Like, who knows? I don't know. And I can't, and I can't ask him now, but so I'm who, sorry. Who else could it be? Couldn't it be, like, some colleague? Colleague, sure. Maybe it could be, like, a land dispute thing. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't have enough yeah. information about yeah. him. It can be anything. Yeah. But based on what you have told yeah. this far, yeah. I would go with Like, the do we know something advice. about his job? Well, I said he was a restaurateur, so he mm. oh, yeah, sommelier yeah. and bartender. So it could Every be client. Yeah, it could be who he had kicked out from the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, like the like the Spurgo or something. Guy. <laughs> 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 okay, what's what would what would the translation of Spurgo? Be? <laughs> uh, like the Dago. Also not okay. Yeah, uh, and we're leaving this in for sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> This is the good thing about having a translation podcast too, because like there's so many nuances of a language. Spurgo, all those people, you can just call it drunkard. Uh, kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah. You know, someone's in the in, in his bar yeah, drinking yeah. too much, and he's fly, like, yeah. "James, get out of yeah. here!" And then James is like, "I will fucking kill yeah, you!" Yeah. And that's and it. I'm gonna light you on fire with the alcohol you didn't serve me. It's just, oh. it's just like so specific and it's, it seems so personal. Like you can kill someone else in a lot of like more, but you then, know, like easier ways. But then also think about fire. Think about what it does. Remember? Like, yeah, it destroys, it evidence. destroys evidence. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I think why I also thought about the woman, woman here is that it was okay. Any woman can break a window, have a, a canister of gas, and 
match or, or whatever, you know. But I mean, you don't. Those are things that people can buy easily, and that you you, you don't need to use really like power. Like it's not a fight in that. That's, mm. I mean, that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, just more rare, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But in general, oh. women don't do that much murder, right? Women are not so. Homely. Or maybe they just cover it up better. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we have so much cutting to do. Yeah, 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 we don't have to yeah. cut it. I shall reveal who the suspects were. The ex-wife and her friend. So, yeah. <laughs> who is also the mistress? No. Okay, so then this is also kind of interesting and kind of like, what the fuck, why? So I also wanted to ask you guys, this was like another question that I have for you. Is that, you know, like, there's the whole thing, like, I'm a ride or die bitch, you know? Like, yeah. so is there something that you would never do? I mean, there's always this kind of thing where like, yeah, if you killed someone, I'd totally help you bury the body. And then there's the people who would actually do it. And then there's the people who would just like say it, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Would you? How far would your friendship go, honestly? Okay, so so these were friends, and the other friend is like, "I have this horrible ex. I want to burn. Please help me." And then the friend is like, "Anything for you." <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and then yeah, they do it pretty much. Yeah. So this is the thing that the police is now thinking. Yes. Yes. And the third suspect was something something that you couldn't find. I have some theories about that. We'll get into some more details. Because now I'm curious about the third subject. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was right. It was the ex-partner. Yeah, it was one of my uh, five guesses. So I will say the 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 perpetrators' names. So Emily Christina Ruda Hellström was born in 1990. So she's a year older than me. Oh, 1990. Yeah. Oh, did we have the whole name? I mean, it's there in the. Okay. And it's a closed case. Yeah. No, okay. Okay. Closed. Yeah. yeah. Then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. my comment. Okay, and her friend Heidi Susanna Tita was born in 1983. Okay, so Emily and John were together for three years and married for one year. As that, you know, like the whole thing that I said about the hyphenated name, like, yeah, so I couldn't really find any information, like when they were actually married, but they were, they had a short marriage, let's say that. So the marriage ended at the behest of Emily. And she stated that her ex-husband, John, had an alcohol problem. But I was like, the guy was a sommelier and worked at a bar. And <laughs> so I'm like, did, did, did he actually like have a drinking problem or is it just kind of like trade problems you know like i have to drink this wine i have to see i have to taste it and stuff like i mean i i mean it could be both yeah i mean how like sister you know she's in the wine business and stuff and i remember when she was doing like the sommelier courses she had to drink a fuck ton of wine mm. like so all she had to spit it out or something well you're supposed to but i mean you still like your membrane in your mouth is still going to like at least like and absorb some of it and then are you going to spit out like a a wine that's like multiple thousands no you're gonna swallow a little bit at least i don't know and that's how you have an alcohol problem in the end but like okay you're together for three years and you still decide to get married and then only for one year i just i feel like it's kind of i okay i'm not shaming anybody for this and go ahead and get divorced like good for her for like ending it like yeah 
but I just, yeah, I don't know. Was it really? Because then you'll hear some other background information that might sway you one way or the other. Was she being truthful or not? I don't know. So, after the divorce, there was a custody battle, of course, because they had the daughter together, right? And things got a bit ugly. For instance, Emily made a child protection report against her ex-husband uh, because she claimed that he grabbed their daughter too tightly on the arm. That was like, okay, let's like legit, if it happened, like good for her, right? But then the role of Heidi becomes kind of her friend, becomes like a bit, and by the way, this is like Heidi in American English, it, like, but in Finland it's Heidi, so just as a spelling thing and pronunciation wise so Heidi the friend uh, and why she ties into this is kind of a bit weird because according to Emily John had discovered that Heidi had been part of like a youth association embezzlement scheme or something and this kind of annoyed Heidi for some reason and then this was like motive or something for her to want to get back at John but I'm not sure. This was kind of like a weird thing that Emily was saying about it. Like fucking random. And like embezzle embezzling in Finland is also kind of rare. I would say like kind of corruption in Finland is quite rare too. And I don't know. I mean, sounds that it can happen, but yeah. is it worth murder? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, yeah. So that's how she possibly could tie in. And that's what Emily was saying and blah, 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 blah. So... Uh, but the thing is that they both have kids that went to this, I think it was a preschool or elementary school or something like that together. And that's how they kind of knew each other in that small circle, right? So they, both of their children knew each other and then they kind of knew each other and then this might have happened or not. I don't know. But then Emily convinced Heidi to file a false report, an anonymous child protection claim against John. During the murder investigation, uh, the police found handwritten notes about what should be said in this false report and in the phone call. So basically, she had like a script to read when she called the police. And the handwriting in this note was in Emily's handwriting, of course. So, yeah. They found this fucking written note after like the burning murder and everything. It's like, how stupid can you fucking get? So Emily had, yeah, had even bought a burner phone and a prepaid SIM card with her mother. So this is the third person I was thinking that is part of the crime. So Gerd, the mother of Emily, yeah. So this Gerd Overstrom is uh, Emily's mother. And both the phone and the SIM card were given to Haiti so that she could call anonymously to the police. Um... Yeah, so it's kind of like there was multiple conspiracies or whatever to frame John for just getting him in trouble so he's like unfit as a father to take care of the daughter and whatnot, right? And they stated that John was using drugs and they even planned to like plant drugs on him and whatnot. It was like pretty involved kind of like movie style bullshit going on like let's frame him for murder but then yeah kind of things and whatever so during the investigation of child abuse of course you know social services needs to investigate it and the social workers uh the story given by the child 
seemed to be rehearsed. And even the psychologist who interviewed the eight-year-old at this, at this point uh, said that it was like, seems like the girl is being controlled or like just, yeah, like some over overbearing people were controlling her and kind of helping her rehearse her story to kind of get her father in trouble, which is really shitty to do. Like, why do you bring your fucking children into it, right? But this is sadly quite a, like a phenomena, at least in Finland. You hear a lot, like not in murder cases, obviously, but like in you hear a lot about this in media that the other partner kind of takes revenge yeah. through the kid. Yeah. Which is like, horrible. Yeah. Like for like the kid. You're, now you're going to raise a fucked up child. They're not going to have any, like, it's just, it's all already a fucked up situation. And then you make it even more fucked up. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably not specific to Finland, though. Like, yeah. I think it's pretty common. But I don't know, but they're, like, rehearsed stories by the kid. Because, like, is that really common in Finland? Have you heard specifically about those cases where the, I don't know, the child was, like, telling a story that was really rehearsed? Often I think it's more about a parent who tries to affect their opinion about the other parent, mm, kind okay, of, like, yeah. Yeah. constantly saying, mm-hmm. I want to live with daddy or I want to live with mommy yeah. because of this and, like, yeah. Mm. And also, yeah, like, yeah, telling, yeah. like, yeah, isn't daddy horrible? He's such a, you know, always shouting and always, like, telling these things that are not always true. And the child starts to believe them, especially the smaller they are. Yeah, yeah true. But yeah, so, I mean, she's eight, the girl, so it's kind of a bit, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, of course, if you have, like, very strong female, you know, people in your life like the the grandmother and the mother and if it's like split custody or something or let's say the mom works and now she's spending more time with the grandmother maybe the grandmother's even like influencing who knows what's going on but yeah so as i said the third suspect was the, probably the mother is what i'm guessing uh because she had apparently participated in buying the burner phone and some card or that's what the police thought so during the investigation uh they found that this uh, mother had also made, like, she was very, very involved in making numerous reports against John and was extremely involved in the custody battle. So all three of these women, this Heidi and Millie and Gerd, were all persecuting John. And, yeah, it's pretty messed up especially like you're on an island kind of community you can't really get away like hey i want to move to helsinki well it's more difficult than that so yeah kind of feel for the guy <laughs> so yeah there's this um quote from olin's new hater or olin's news that i kind of wanted to read because just to kind of i i could have paraphrased all this but it was just a lot of information that i kind of felt all the different cases so this is directly translated. I didn't, like, correct it, per se. I mean, I read through it to make sure that it was, like, correct, but I didn't, like, I don't know, grammatically correct it, let's say. I'll just try to say. <clears throat> so, the ex-husband had felt harassed and persecuted. He had installed surveillance cameras in his residence and also in an outbuilding. He had told neighbors that people were moving in the woods around his house, and he had suspected his child's phone of being tracked. A close friend of the ex-husband was called to testify and told that the ex-husband felt persecuted by Hellström and Överström, so his wife, ex-wife, and the grandmother, which the friends had no difficulty believing. 
he himself had noticed that Hellström and Överström moved noticeably closer when he like to the victim, like when he had lived there. Like so they kind of were encroaching on his area and kind of like just in his space more. And the ex-husband had also told that Gerd uh, appeared in the parking lot when he had been to the swimming pool with his child, even though that the Gerd does not swim herself. So just like kind of following him around in places and all over town. Another friend of the ex-husband told a similar story and mail for the child had not arrived and the ex-husband had suspected Hellström and Overström of involvement of intercepting the mail. Another witness said that the ex-husband had once visited and when he received a notification on his phone from the monitoring system, like kind of like, hey, you have a kind of like one of these doorbell camera thingies where it's like, oh, someone's at your door. So he got a notification from his phone when he was visiting his friend and the camera showed that Gerd was at the log cabin and was looking through the windows of his home and they passed outside of his window when he had uh, visited his friend. So he could see all of this on his phone from, you know. And another witness was closely acquainted with both Hellström, so the, so Emily and John. And the witness said that she knew that one of the child protection reports that Hellström or Emily had made against the ex-husband was false because she herself had been at the children's party for the alleged incident. So she's like, no, that's not, it's not true. So kind of like all these like little things that kind of add up that like, could you just, you know, can't really get away and people are just kind of driving you crazy. Like just one, just one little tap at a time, you know, it like all adds up and just keeps adding up. And, you know, you have your child, you don't want to just like yeah. flee. And what are they going to do? No one's going to murder you, right? Like, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the last thing you think that, like, oh, yeah, someone's fucking crazy enough to, like, murder me for this, right? So, yeah, these two dummies, and I will, fucking dumbasses, have been planning this murder for a while. And they're really not that smart. Like, everyone knows that the internet is forever, right? Like, oh, you... no, no. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, no. Yes. But also, like, the, just the fact that they didn't even get rid of the written note. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That should have been. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't even like. Yes, yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. If they've been planning, like, like, what did you want to be sure? You know that there's no, like, super obvious evidence. Yeah. Right. And that's fucking obvious. Yeah. So okay, these dummies used fake Facebook profiles to message each other and oh no, John's really? Clients. And their hopes. Yeah. Yeah. Their hopes were that, so in these messages, there's like fucking lots of these messages that they, so yeah. So they had planned on these fake Facebook profiles that obviously wouldn't have any of their information. And their email address and yes. phone number. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, their hopes were, and they saw these in the messages that the footprints would be disguised when the fire department. So like, you know, when they would do the murder that like the fire department would arrive and then you know in the hubbub of kind of everything happening all the evidence would kind of get trampled on and like you know just the integrity of the of the crime scene wouldn't be there and then they would also of course delete their facebook profiles because they can never be recovered yes yes yeah note to all the criminals out there do not put anything on the internet jesus fucking christ 
So yeah. So while the police did recover their conversation, <laughs> really? apparently, wow! How how was yes, that possible? Yes. <laughs> oh, Must yeah. be so good, police. Yeah, they had the back door, like from Mark Zuckerberg himself. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, Emily, she was quoted as saying this in one of the messages, and of course, it's in in Swedish originally. So I'm not gonna be reading all that in Swedish, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So she said that she would rather be imprisoned for murder than let her ex-husband have custody of their child. Because she's a dumbass and she probably doesn't have a fucking frontal lobe for thinking or something like. But this is like, if I can't have it, nobody can have it kind of attitude. Yeah. Because, I mean, of course you can't have the custody of your kid if you're in the prison. They will be in in a, some kind of institution or this kind of custody family. I mean, I don't know, like she's clearly not thinking about the child, so no. not, a way, not that we have to drive. Well, I mean, she's, she's a fucking Yeah, yeah, exactly what I wanted to say, that she's a... Uh, I mean, these are all opinions. These are not... Uh, <laughs> this is my personal opinion that she's yeah, a narcissist. Sounds like she sounds yeah. like... Yeah, she sounds like she's a yeah. textbook. Yeah. Based on what you told us. So yeah, in the days leading up to the murder, Haiti said that they both were there to hide four cans of gas or petrol in the woods on December 1st. So they like were already planning this like weeks in advance at least, even before that, but this is like pre-stashing all this stuff that they would need for this fucking murder. What a Christmas activity! <laughs> right? 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 Like... And also, the child like, is like, Mom, are you going to buy me a gift? No, I'm going to buy some gasoline to murder your father. Horrible. I really did think this. I was like, these fuckers were going to kill him, like, in the beginning of December, but they fucking, like, they postponed it until the 26th. So it's like, think of the daughter. Her father dies a horrible death, and then she has to, yeah, daddy went away. Like, no, she's eight, so she's like, yeah, why is dad dead? Like, oh, he's fucking horribly burned, and he's, yeah, he, like, how do you explain that to your daughter? Before Christmas. I feel so sad for the kid of this case. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, like, heart goes out to her, for sure. Like, I, yeah, I mean... It's kind of easy to find information like on this person. So I hope like they changed her name and whatnot because you could technically find information about this. So I just really hope that they, she was able to change her name and kind of become anonymous because you could find information. And especially since the Oland Islands are very small, there's like always these uh, like on Oland Nuheter and stuff, they have the birth announcements and wedding announcements of everybody on the islands and whatnot so i found even like a nice sweet photo of for instance emily and john and the daughter when she was born so it's pretty fucked up you look at that and then only like you know nine years later or eight years later then it's that like yeah so yeah there are a lot of those like really kind of morbid uh, stuff like looking looking at Photos yeah. like that now, yeah. 
what was the guy's name who murdered his, uh, it was in the US, his whole family, the wife and two or three kids. Chris Watts or something like that. I'm oh, I might be wrong. Name. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, me too. That's yeah. why I don't remember. But yeah. 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 Anyways, they also have this like super sweet yeah, family yeah. photo. Oh, that, wait, wait, is this the old school? No, this is a different case. Cause I'm thinking of like the older one where it was like the son survived because he went to go hunting or something like that. And then the guy, okay. Okay. Different no, case. Okay. It's not that. And it's kind of recent. And there's also a documentary like Netflix or oh, something shit. about okay. it. It's not like super recent, but like within the last yeah. five But it's always years, shitty to like look at these and you're like, oh, if only they knew yeah, what, yeah. They, what we know now. And they also like documented their life on oh, Facebook God. a lot. Oh, that so one. Always, like, oh, fuck. And then he put the kids in the in the oil refinery yes. tanks. Yes. Oh, yeah, God. I fucking name? forgot his name, but what a fucking asshole. Yes. Yes. And I'll hedge in the meantime. But Petra, do you know this case? Okay, so this guy, well, had a mistress, and then he was like, didn't, she was pregnant, his wife was pregnant, and he didn't want a third child, because they were also, like, kind of were in debt, right? Chris Watts, Christopher okay. Watts. Okay, yeah, you're fucking Yeah, great. I didn't think Good. it was the correct Good. name, but yes, Go Victoria, was, yeah. 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 Yeah, so he ends up, like, murdering his two kids, like, one was a baby. fucking, uh, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, and the wife was also pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Wife was pregnant with the third child, and he didn't want that, and he wanted the yeah, mistress. And then so he ends up like hiding the, suffocating the daughters, and then hiding them in the like oil refinery tank or something that yes. he worked at one of these uh oil fields or whatever. In in th those cases, you're just why like just take a divorce and go. Yes, if you hate your family. That's that the much. thing. Divorce. Yeah, divorce. I mean, is like great. leaving your family. It's cruel and horrible, but just do you'll it. they'll get don't, over don't, it like yeah. end anybody's life yeah yeah you can kind of recover from divorce but you can't recover from murder yeah like, and it was also you know, like you know kind of planned because after that he even reported them missing to the yeah. police yeah and things like yeah, that yeah, and yeah, he was pretending yeah, for a yeah, long time yeah. that oh i don't yeah, know yeah. where they are yeah 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 okay so yeah should we go back to Orland? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, we can still keep this in, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's... So yeah. so, yeah. Like, as I said, uh, they deposited some petrol or gas in the woods and some tanks on December 1st. So though both women blamed the other for planning this, Heidi also claimed that she had always tried to persuade her friend not to go through with the murder, and the murder plans were completely enemies. Yeah. So, but then what the fuck were both of them doing on December 1st? Like, she had multiple opportunities, like, hey, even in the Facebook messages, you shouldn't go through with this murder. Do not do the murder. I will not partake in this murder. Like, hey, I'm going to call the police on you if you fucking plot this murder. There's plenty of opportunities she had, like, to stop all of this, but she just did not. So, anyway. On December 2nd, so the day later, uh, Emily sends a photo to Haiti, and in the photo is John's house, taken about 200 meters or 600 feet away, and the police kind of determined exactly where this photo was taken later on, because they also found the, <laughs> the picture, and Emily even tried to say that she was taking a picture of a moose, 
but to everyone's surprise, there was no moose in the picture. It just ran away. Just John's house. Yeah. It ran away. Yeah. Split second. Yeah, I mean, was she was trying to take a picture of a moose, but she failed. <laughs> True. Ah, oh, she was telling the truth then. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Good point, Petra. Yeah. Uh, so then on December 3rd, the two women went to John's again, and they observed him through the window. He was brushing his teeth, you know, getting ready for bed, but they hesitated and decided to postpone the murder. And then you'd think, like, maybe this isn't such a good idea. Maybe we should just, like, not do this. This is, like, fucking three days in a row of going and, like, watching this guy and just being fucking creepers in the woods. Just don't do it, right? Just don't fucking do it. But no. Yeah. No. No. They're, they're assholes. So, yeah. Yeah. But one good thing in Saving Grace is that on December 26th, the daughter was not staying at John's house because she was at, like, relatives. So I think it was Emily's family. So the thing, the plan was that the daughter was supposed to go after Christmas for an extended stay at John's. So that also could have maybe been part of the motive, like, yeah, she's not going to go and visit John because, because he's going to be dead. Yeah. So the daughter, like, told police also that she had no idea that this was going to happen, uh, that when she went to bed that night, her mother hugged and kissed her, as her mother usually did, and then she went to sleep having no idea what her mother was about to do to her father. So yeah, that's kind of the end of it, like, because we already know that, I mean, yeah. So basically they figured out that Haiti ended up throwing, was the one who threw the rocks through the window. And she stated that, oh, the rocks just slipped out of my hand. But like, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Oh my God. No. Oops. Slipped. And she was also saying that, yeah, I was trying to tell her not to do the murder this whole time and then fucking rocks and then, and then, yeah, yes. And then Emily was the one who threw the gas and lit the fire immediately and whatever. So, do you want to hear the sentences that they got? Or do you want to discuss a bit more about the murder or anything like that? Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to say that this Haiti, like, okay, sure, like, why participate at I least? Like, you yeah. know, even if she wouldn't have reported her to the police or whatever. Yeah, and being like, oh, yeah, and then, oh, yeah. And the other shitty thing was that they were even joking, and they still have, like, the police are able to see all these messages. They were joking and kind of, like, trying to do some, like, secretive language, like, yeah, let's go and do that, haha, and, like, making jokes about going and doing this and, like, going out. And then, uh, and Millie was saying, oh, yeah, but we were just joking that she was about to come over and whatnot, and, but no, they were, like having kind of inside jokes or trying to be like if someone finds the deleted facebook messages <laughs> <laughs> fucking christ yeah. but yeah that was actually what i wondered too like okay i can understand i don't know if i can understand but you can see cases where after a romantic relationship or during a relationship the other one just flips and goes Berserk. I mean, in this case, like you just get crazy about the the uh, revenge or something, and then your whole like her motivation is clear. Well, she's crazy, but there's like this motivation. 
of craziness. But what, what? Why would you like? Okay, I have this mama friend from my kid's school. I will help her murdering her ex. <laughs> but like to be honest, since this like hey, uh, since Emily was such a narcissist, I'm just wondering if she would like kind of like upplay John's role in all of the abuse and stuff that she has suffered. Like, oh, he was such a horrible alcohol. I'm just a mat. I like. I know it's still no excuse for her to like join along with it. But like, yeah, I'm just gonna help my friend because. Oh my god, he is the worst person, horrible. Like he abuses his daughter and like I can never imagine like I'm going to save the child that kind of might thing be. maybe. Yeah. But that's still like that's the only thing I could think about. Like if you really think you're fucking doing justice in the world. But I, that makes kind of sense because of course like domestic violence is a real thing and in Finland like yeah, yeah. it's a big thing like it's female very prevalent. It's uh, huge, victims yeah. of domestic violence so and that that's of it it has big media presence so I guess it could be that the friend has like if the ex-wife has told very uh, spiced up stories of her experiences or how the kid is suffering and stuff like that that the other and also yeah. the daughter like the stories and stuff and maybe even the daughters like not knowingly but still kind of perpetuating these by like yeah see daughter tell Haiti how how horrible your father is and like how he yeah. beats you or I don't know something like that I mean not as an excuse but do we know that there was no domestic violence he wasn't sentenced. Yeah. They did the they did the reports and stuff, and there was no there was dropped by the child protective services. And also, like you empathize with your friend yeah. and everything, but yeah. then going that far, like I can't no, imagine. I would not be a ride or die bitch in the situation. I'd be like, sorry, bitch, I'm out. I would be like, there are a lot easier ways yeah. to I don't know, like not to kill him, but to get. Yeah, I would be like, okay, if you have such a horrible ex-husband, who's Beat, it, beat you and who is still beating your kid like get the hell out of this island or something like that don't go that way don't start murdering anyone he, like he is not worth of like i would say to my friend if they ever started planning of murdering someone they hate i would say that it's not nobody's worth it because you will suffer more you will be in prison your life is ruined after that but then always with these narcissists i'll never get caught though i have the perfect murder that's she also she also kind of said that it, she was never thinking it was serious but but you went and you fucking put you fucking put goddamn gas cans in the fucking forest next to his house yeah yeah still like if she had done some facebook messaging and then like stopped i think she would could have still like talked herself out like yeah yeah i was just joking i didn't think she would be she, she was going to do it. I just thought it's her way to kind of vent or something. Yeah. But, like... but, but if she physically was there with her doing it, then it's... Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, it's all sorts of fucked up. No one kind of wins in this situation. So it's just... Yeah, this is a super loose-loose situation. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, because now I was thinking who's taking care of the daughter. Because, okay, yes... Yeah, you know, Emily's mom was cleared of like being. I I mean, I think she was probably the third suspect in this because, of course, like the SIM cards and stuff, and it showed that, you know, Garrett and Emily were 
together like their phones pinged kind of like together like from the phone records or whatever so they were in the vicinity together on the same day that the sim and the phone were like bought i guess that's what the police said so it kind of points to the to the idea that she was knowing even though she's claimed that she doesn't she didn't know about that or any of this but still, if the if the mother might have been involved in the like kind of pre like I mean she was doing the fake yeah 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 definitely those, but yeah she said not... like there was the reports like okay she was involved in these reports maybe the reports were true or not we don't know but the, she was heavily involved in trying to get him caught for something you know like yeah. domestic violence it or might whatever. be that the mother also of course like most of mothers believe their daughters if they tell that my ex-husband is who horrible knows, the mother also might be just like emily because she probably gets it from somewhere but yeah maybe yeah. but yeah i think it's uh yeah it could have been that she just like knew about everything else or like you know like trying to help her daughter to find a way to win this custody battle or something but yeah. then she was not actually part of planning the murder i guess or do yeah, are it's there a any... very different thing to kind of do a bit dirty thing with custody battle yeah than murder like even yeah. like following him is like i mean it's not nice or yeah. anything but it's not the same as no. maybe she was trying to you know collect some kind of proof of him doing bad yeah, stuff like, or like yeah. Yeah. yeah see he grabbed her in the parking lot you know like when they were doing this yeah so sure but yeah so I, I don't know what happened to the daughter after this because also then there's the like okay back in 2012 he had the 16 year old uh son so yeah so the son's in his 20s now and then it was like then the daughter and whatnot so it's just now both of these kids don't have a father because the selfish woman yeah and basically they don't have a mother either. no no i mean the son does because it was from an ex but like oh yeah yeah that's true but yeah but in the end so the sentences in the end, Emily was sentenced to life in prison. But in Finland, as most of us know, or most of us don't know, what life in prison means. Because the sentencing system in Finland is far different than, for instance, in the States, where here is more of a system where they want to rehabilitate you. And they feel like you can be a functioning member of society, you know, after you commit murder, for instance. In the States, this would be like 25 years to life or more. I don't, I'm not sure, but multiple decades at least for this, for this heinous of a crime. Um, but yeah, so life and sentence in Finland means she'll be up for parole in 12 years. So 12. 12. Okay, I thought it's probably like 20 mm, or no, something. Yeah. yeah, usually if you have been kind of a good prisoner. Yeah. So basically there's no uh, maximum to a life in prison, but there's like kind of, she could technically get out in 12 years, but it's like... I mean, in a case like this, I hope that yeah. they, you know, assess the situation in 12 years and then she won't be let go. But then again, it's expensive to keep people in prison. Especially in Finland too, because they're actually well taken care of and stuff. And then also I think the longest... Martin, I'm probably wrong with this, but I think it was like 28 years is like the longest life sentence in uh, in Finland. I think 20 something years, 28 years or something like that. And that's like the longest anyone's ever been in prison for, for like a life sentence. So. Of course, some people like in, I end up dying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
but I mean, compared to like in the States where people are there for like fucking 35 years or something, they're still like or there. Or something. Yeah. 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 Don't even get me fucking started about that. But yeah. Um, and then Haiti, she got a reduced sentence of 11 years for helping the police. And then they were, of course, still kind of unsure what her part in the crime was because I mean, she was there. So then along with their prison sentences, the murderers must pay a total of 35,000 euros or that that's the equivalent and i did like a just a quick check what is of course i didn't do like what is 35,000 year 35,000 euros from a couple of years ago to now but because it's only a couple of years difference but that's equivalent of 39,000 usd or 52,000 canadian dollars or 57,000 australian dollars for for international yeah, listeners pounds. Does anybody want to pounds? know? <laughs> yeah, like, nobody cares about Australian dollars. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, about Australians. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, okay. I think it's not. US... Much. Yeah, it's not much. It's really yeah. not that much because then also yeah. think, and then this goes to John's children for their suffering. But come the fuck on, really, like really. And then they almost they must pay for all the funeral expenses, but funerals aren't that early expensive in like Finland. Yeah, yeah, euros. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of that case. And then one stupid, funny side note—not funny, haha, but more funny, like as a yeah. Uh, Emily was also part of the Vapa Ehtoinen Palokunta, or the VPKO, or the Frivillig Brandkur. <laughs> Or the volunteer fire department. Uh, that's how she got the idea. Yeah. Mm. She had she fire, fire on the brain. Yep. Yeah. It's a bit like the famous case in US, the guy who was a fireman, but he was doing the arson himself. That was the guy that I the ore, yeah. Yeah, he was the he was the investigator, but he yeah, and he also wrote like fiction. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so. okay, this was quite much lamer version of yeah, definitely. That, but... The volunteer fire department. Woo! Okay, but that's not creator stereotype. Most of people who are involved in fire stuff are the best. I mean, they're seizing fires. Please keep doing that. We love you. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So uh, I had citations for this, and they were the. Also, this would probably be another article that I said was good to read about, like what is leading up to the fire, about the kind of the characteristics of the psychosocial and psychological and somatic uh, characteristics of the people doing the crime of arson before it happens, and it did kind of go into like, okay what's kind of state of mind the people were in before and like, what did they report and did they seek help for their mental distress and stuff? And of course, women are more prone to seek help for their mental distress. So that could also be why they didn't have that much arson, you know, rates or who knows, but yeah. So read the article that I, you know, told you guys about. And then there was the, uh, yeah, Oland's new hitter and then Nuan. Bishtax or nuon.ax uh, site that I found some stuff on about the relationship. And then I also used murhainfo.fi and heok.com and ulilauta.org. So, yeah. Thank you. Guys. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. This was 
Was it depressing? It wasn't that depressing. It's just I like, mean, if we just like now go back to the first part, like how the guy died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to kind of leave it like on a, not a high note, but at least it's like a, I could have like ended it with like all the gruesome details of the guy, but I was like, okay, let's just go with his. Yeah. I think it was better this way. And also I think it was kind of this classical movie like uh, <laughs> detective storytelling where yeah. first you have the scene of the yeah. like thing happening mm. and then you're like, okay, what was this? Tell yeah. me more. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. I think we'll post some, if we can, post some photos on the Instagram account. Which is or, what? Like, uh, yeah, what shit. Is I will... <laughs> Translation uh, murder pod. Translation murder podcast. Or just or pod. Not. Yeah. Oh, we should have checked this. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> but yeah, so I will post some photos of the crime scene because there's a lot of those um, from police. And then also just kind of like just, yeah, maybe some other stuff that I can find. Obviously not of the victim because that would be a bit, yeah, insensitive to do. But you can find this at Translation Murder Podcast on Instagram. And you can also, do we want to link our personal <laughs> accounts for anything? Or? Mine is in way private. Okay, yeah. Because I started to get this like spam, tags, spam tagging. Oh, yeah, I have that too. I mean, I still do too, but I just delete them. Yeah, but yeah. Or so, should we, because we have an email address. I was about to flip away. Or you can also send your requests even. I mean, we have multiple languages we all speak. And I mean, we're at least two of us are linguistically trained. And yeah, uh, you can send us a message. Don't send us hate mail. Send us love mail at translationmurderpodcast at gmail.com. And there's no spaces or punctuation except for the at gmail. Also, don't send us dick pics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no dick pics. That should be at the very end. And don't send us dick yeah. pics. Uh, yeah. So next week. So we'll try to do this on a weekly basis. And we're going to, yeah, we're going to kind of alternate between the three of us, each telling a story. And I had the privilege and honor of going first. Yay. Thank you, guys. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so basically next week we'll give you a hint uh, on our Instagram. And you can also, when you flip through the photos on Instagram, we'll have like a, a hint for next week's episode. And you can kind of comment underneath that what you think it is and who is going next week and who wants to share a hint. Good question. Yeah. What, well, how do you feel, Petro? I'm either wise. Because, like, I. I have a story mostly prepared. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, you could go yeah. next. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm not saying anything about it right now. I mean, you could if you want to. Like, do you have any? Like, it's maybe. Yeah, it takes place in Hungary. I'm from Hungary. Most of the yeah. sources are Hungarian. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the amazing. accent should be on point yeah, in Hungarian. Yeah. <laughs> it should be really authentic. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> okay, I guess that's it, guys. Um. I'll see you next week. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, parola. Morro. <laughs> <laughs>